This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. Hey, Jen. Hey, Em. I need everyone to know for the record, this is our third time recording this episode. I am so sad. Over a 24-hour period, we have lost a bunch of audio yesterday. We spent hours recording. Poor Jen hit her limits. Completely. Oh, I (laughs) had to give up. Talk about the fact. When we lost the audio, I went upstairs to like change into comfortable clothes. I was wearing all black. And Emily went and changed and she was wearing like a rainbow sweatshirt. And it just completely it just was a signifier of like where we were mentally. I was just like, oh, I guess this is just how it is. You're like this. I'm never recording. again. I'm done. So here we go. Third time. Because the mental load that we have to take on when we're doing the podcast. We're doing the podcast. So that is our segue into the fact that today's episode is about the mental load. Also known as cognitive labor, there's a lot of different, like, I feel like buzzwords around this. So basically, it refers to the invisible, non-tangible tasks that happen within your household or your business. What that might look like is who's the person who makes the appointments for the uh, pets to go to the vet, who cleans out the drawers of your kid's stuff um, after each season, who gets asked on your team to host the retirement party for Betty, who's leaving. Betty. Right? Yes, Betty. And so that's that stuff Betty's that like, they're not these written down responsibilities, right? Like usually when you have a job like work, you have like specific rules, roles, and responsibilities, but that doesn't really happen in home life. Right. And so a lot of people talk now about mental load. And I think one of the things that goes into is that historically this has been put on women because women were not in the workforce. They were at home with unpaid labor of taking care of children. And that is labor. It's not anyone gets a break or a rest. It is labor to stay home. And so historically, this has been put on women. So we're going to talk about it today, definitely with a very heteronormative and cisgendered yeah. um, conversation around it. You should know that uh, to begin with. And I think a lot of it you know, is so unconscious to us because we developed these unconscious, you know, like narratives around what should I be doing in the household? You know, what are the things that I have to take up? And if we saw that from the generation before us where uh, there were these very specific gender roles where women were kind of staying home and taking care of everything in the house. Mm -hmm. But now women are in the workforce and they're so much more and they're taking care of the home. They're taking care of the kids that, you know, we talk a lot about how women take on a huge portion of the mental load. Yeah. So we'll talk about it in terms of we'll start, we'll start with workplace. And I use this example now three times. This is our third time recording this. But so um, I'm going to pretend comes, like this is the first you, time I'm yes, hearing that's it. That's great. So your boss comes up to you and he is like, oh, man, like, right. Betty's retiring. We need to. Host. I think it's a different B every time I, you've recorded this. Becky, one point. I have no fucking idea Beth, her name maybe. is at this point. <laughs> um, she's retiring. Can you take over the retirement party? You're so good at planning parties. You did, I know you did I this am. other thing before. You're amazing. Right. Thank you. OK. So then you start thinking before you have even called a place, you have looked and entered, you start thinking, well, what kind of food does everyone like? 
What kind of food does Betty like? Does anyone have any dietary restrictions? Is Betty vegan? Like, what do we do? How do I call? Wait, who's going to be there that day? What time of day should we have it? Do we have it on a Friday? Do we have, right? So all of a sudden, before doing a single task, you are experiencing mental load and labor. And typically, this is unpaid, right? So when your boss comes up to you and asks you to do this for Betty, they're never saying, also, we're going to give you an extra little bonus for hosting for giving this. this, right? Yes. You're and just it's... like, I want my boss to like me. And so I am going to say yes to this and I'm going to make sure it is perfect. Yeah. And it's definitely not being asked to a um, heterosexual cis male. On your right. Team. No. no, no. And you know what? I think sometimes the 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 mental load falls on the person who has the ability to think about all of those details right that the person who is really amazing at party planning in this situation it can be a blessing and a curse where they're like you're so great at this but also people put so many more tasks on you because of that mm. right so it it's even though you're able to do all of these things doesn't necessarily mean you want to be doing all of these things all the time but it might come so naturally to you. And you also might not even realize that you're taking on the mental load. It might be happening so quickly, so naturally. You know, I was talking about we're throwing a party for our clinicians. And we typically do it at Emily's house because she has like a great party house. And it's in the, something in the middle of nowhere. Middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> where you can't get Throw a party once, come to my house. Right, exactly. And so I every time... Of course, Emily goes above and beyond. She always does, which is amazing. It makes for an amazing party. However, I, you know, when it gets down to it, she's so stressed. I'm really excited the month before when I start this planning right. and the day of, I'm like, why the fuck did I do so, this again? So, so this time I was like, Em, listen, like we can just get a pizza. You don't have to go above and beyond. Right. So she like has all this plan. And then when we get close to it, she starts freaking out. And I know that's going to happen. So I'm trying to prep us. I'm like, it's OK. We can just get a pizza. She was like, OK, I'm not going to I'm not going to go crazy this time. She's like, but we have to get a shaved ice straw. <laughs> I was like, OK, but like how much work is that going to put on you? It's OK. Like if people will be happy. It's not going to be a big deal. So I have to really like rein her in because I know that she but you're, it's happening so naturally for you. So naturally, which is so wonderful yeah. but I also recognize that that is going to cause you more stress so I'm trying to mitigate that and that's the hard part right so for some people take on the mental load we like it it's unconscious right like I like my cooking better than my husband's and I like the way I grocery shop more than him and I like the way I throw parties right so like the thing is like you can love this and it can also be stressful and I think for a lot of us we think well this is self-inflicted so I shouldn't I shouldn't this is all my fault well wait a second People also benefit from it. And there's a way of like, if you come down, there's also a way for your partner to come up. But I think that this does go into over-functioning and under-functioning in your relationship. And I think let's, so let's define over-functioning and okay. under-functioning for people. Yeah. So if we're talking about mental load, someone who takes on the mental load and, and you like the way you do things better than others, right? Where you have this anxiety that's driving you to say like, I need to make sure all of these tasks are done right? You might be the over-functioner in your relationship. The tough thing about that is when you're in a relationship and you're over-functioning, you're taking on all of these tasks, then your partner might learn to under-function, right? And in their under-functioning, they might lose their ability to feel confident in those tasks. And that's where learned helplessness starts to come about. And learned helplessness is when uh, your partner might be learning, oh, I can't do this, right? My partner can pick it up, which must mean that I won't be able to do this or I can't do this. And so you get into this unfortunate cycle in your relationship of over-functioning and under-functioning. 
What happens is that breeds resentment. And resentment kills everything. <laughs> everything. Right? So that is the larger thing here. It's okay. So I'm going to, we're just, let's start to sprinkle in some listener questions. I love that. I think that they're very helpful. Sprinkle them. Um, so one of the things someone asks is, do you find that it's usually the more type A or anxious energy person in the relationship who carries the mental load? Yes. Yes. Full stop. Period. <laughs> Full stop. Now, I also think it's the person who cares more. Yeah. Right. So that doesn't even have to be done in an anxious way. But if I like care if people enjoy a party at my house, I'm going to like probably try to like make that really good. Right. right. Like my partner's like, I don't give a shit. We're like, you know, giving them like it's a venue. So here's an example. So <laughs> something my partner really cares about is like the outside of our house or like <laughs> or everyone else's trees on your block. Everyone else's trees. Like he is, is such an old man. I was just making fun of him. We walked down the streets of Philadelphia and he's like. These branches are hanging way too low. Like they should be six feet max, six feet max. And I'm like, if I have to hear about another fucking low hanging branch, I swear to God. But he will not stop. And he's like, do you think I can go to all the neighbors and ask them if I can cut down their branches? And I'm like, yes, just stop talking about it, please. <laughs> and you would never know. You would never notice that. Ever. I would never notice these low hanging branches. Yeah. I would just avoid them. I don't really care about the outside of her house, but it's really important to him. So he carries the mental load of the landscaping <laughs> of other people's plants. I don't know. But no, but I mean, I think my husband wakes up in the morning and looks at all the sticks outside. And he's like, oh, I got to pick up sticks today. And I'm like, we have sticks in the yard? Like, I don't fucking know. Right. You would never know. Never know, because right? Because we care less about, about that part of it, happening right? outside. Now, I also do think mental load comes with what has been bred of judgment towards people, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I talk about is I gave this example. I have one of the first times I ever left my daughter and my husband. It, like, went away overnight for a trip. I came back and, like my husband had put her just like in like the world's like the outfit didn't match it was so weird and the thing is if my husband takes my daughter out to the grocery store and she's like looking a bit like a mess everyone's like look at this cute dad trying his best if i do that they're like oh look at this mom that's a mess or right? has bad style or his bad style right? right anything so part of this is also what have we done to create safety Right. What do we do? This is not. And I think sometimes it's like getting this thing of like, well, you carry the mental load. And so this is just your problem. Right. I don't think that that is necessarily true. I think everyone has adapted in a survival way of how do you handle stuff. And sometimes judgment from other people. If I'm going to my mom's house and I know that this is not something that would be accurate with my mother because my mother is always late. But if I was going to my mom's house and I know my mom always has something to say about me being on time, I'm going to be really anxious about making sure we get out of the house beforehand because I don't want to deal with that interaction. So a lot of this, I do believe, is survival and adaptation. Yeah, like we learn to carry the mental load from an early age, Yes, right? Where there's almost an expectation on us. We are so excited to share our newest sponsor with you all, Hungry Root. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered to your door. The team at Hungry Root just sent me a new box full of amazing stuff. It was literally like I was opening a present going through it. Seeing what was inside and trying everything was just so thrilling. In my Hungry Root box was chicken salad, veggies, dumplings, shakes, cookies, and so much more. My favorite thing I tried was the drumroll donuts. I highly recommend them. The ordering process could 
could not have been more simple. You take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root will get to know your personal health goals, what you like to eat, the kitchen appliances you use, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all of your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your personal tastes, but each order is fully customizable. Take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks, sweets, ready-to-eat meals, and much more. Hungry Root has made my daily meal prep so much easier. The mental load of grocery shopping is exhausting, and Hungry Root gives me back that mental energy. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. When bloggers or influencers post their outfit links, nine times out of 10, I click on it and immediately exit because the price is bananas. It wasn't until recently that I clicked on something expecting it to be the usual out of my price range sweater and it was under $60 at Quince. Quince has become my ultimate destination for luxury essentials that won't break the bank. Let me tell you about some of the gems I found at Quince, from their 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters starting at just $50, to their washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and stunning 14-karat gold jewelry. Quince offers a range of high-quality items at prices that are truly within reach. And here's the best part. All Quince items are priced 50-80% to less than similar brands. Yes, you heard that right. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman, passing the savings on to us. I recently got my hands on one of their washable silk tops, and let me tell you, it has become a staple in my wardrobe. Not only is it incredibly versatile, I've worn it to work, out with friends, and even dressed it up for a date night, but the quality is unmatched. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 300 and 65 day returns quince.com slash shrink chicks so a- another example is who does the school call when there's an issue with millie okay so we yeah they always call me first right you're the default parent yes but like why because i have a vagina right exactly <laughs> You're right. And so there's an expectation that you are the one who is already going to carry that mental load. Yes. So what expectation is the society putting on us too, right? So it's like cyclical in so many ways. Uh, Weirdly enough, I'm also the person who typically can never answer their phone call because they're in session. Right. So So they should not be calling. So how do you communicate that with like systems in your life? So I I think that probably what we could have done initially, like on our contact forms is right. Like, please call him first. Right. Because I think they're automatically most likely call the mom. Yeah. Because they, they, they just ask a, that on the form. They didn't ask that on the they form. Should, but, I, okay. but they should ask that. But also I should have thought that through and thought about what it might be like. But you don't think about this stuff until it happens. Okay. But also you just said I should have thought that through because mental you load. are already yes. taking on the mental. Right. Oh, see, we do that to ourselves. Like, oh, I should have thought about yeah. that already. But why? Yeah. You know, like I never would just, have. I, mean, I clearly did it. Right. <laughs> Clearly, oh, yeah. I'm like, I hope she's okay. I can't answer. I'm <laughs> in session. 
You don't even see right, the story. Like, I don't see my right. phone on. Right, right but, but how were you supposed to know until that happens that we just kind of put that expectation on ourselves? Well, I should have thought of that. And I think when we put that on ourselves, like, oh, you know, I should have thought of that. Then we carry on more mental load. Like, what are the things that I'm not thinking about that I should be thinking about? Yeah. Too? There's almost like a false sense of security in... Like, let me think about all the possibilities so that I can protect myself some, from something bad happening. Mm-hmm. When in the end, you really can't protect yourself at times. Nothing. It's all going to happen. So why do I feel, somebody asked, why do I feel guilt around asking to share the mental load? I feel responsible for it because my partner has significantly more anxiety and struggles with depression. Oof. I think, well, so we talk a lot about the fact that when you change something in your relationship, that it's going to bring up feelings of discomfort, right? Where you're taking on that mental load to avoid those feelings of guilt, right? Or was that the thing that was driving you to take on the mental load to begin with? I think that's a big question that we need to ask ourselves is like, what are the emotions that are driving us to take on the mental load to begin with? Because when you start to pull back and say, okay, I don't, I, I need to pull back from over-functioning because it's pushing my partner to under-function or whatever, then you know, there, it is going to bring up discomfort in your relationship. It's going to open you up to like, oh, these feelings of guilt are coming up. And I also think this question specifically touches on a conversation around like, what do you do when your partner is really struggling with their mental health mm-hmm. and how that overfunctioner, underfunctioner dynamic can also keep you keep your partner from holding themselves accountable too, which could in the end help them challenge those thoughts of like, well, I can't do anything right? That doesn't reinforce that they can't do anything if you're just picking up everything. Mm. And I think it's also up to us to hold our partners accountable to say, listen, I understand that you're going through this. I know this is really hard. I want to make sure you're getting the help that you need. I will also say it's someone who has experienced significant anxiety and depression. Sometimes it feels really good to like hold it like a safe, warm blanket over you. Yes. And you don't intentionally do this, but like I think it's a pattern we can fall into. Because it feels good to be taken care of. Oh my God, I love being taken right? care of. Right? So like of. there's something that the part your partner might be like really benefiting yeah. in certain ways from you taking everything on and saying, yeah, I'm really anxious. I'm really depressed. Mm-hmm. Not saying that they're not. No, they probably really, really are. Right. But but I think you're right that there is some yeah, sort of comfort in it. Yeah, I totally have milked that before when I, I've been I am, depressed. I think I did it about two months ago. I think I did it yes. like maybe a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tips for sharing mental load of kids as you start your parenting journey and how to divide mental load when parenting. So I think one of the best things I can tell you is you're going to have a lot of conversations. If this is the female asking, you're going to have a lot of conversations with yourself in your head, with your friends, with internet mom groups of different stuff, are you having them with your partner? It is very easy. I, there was a lot of decisions I made in our parenting journey that my partner wasn't even like part of, right? Like I was like, we're definitely going to do, we're definitely going to, I'm definitely going to breastfeed and we're definitely going to do baby led weaning and I'm going to do blah, 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 and all the different stuff <laughs> because like that's going to help us. That's what the research says. Like in either way, just, you know, like no matter what you do, like your kid is still a little jerk sometimes and is still eating French fries. <laughs> you off mean the baby car. led weaning yeah. didn't help your kid well, they say it's be to, the like, perfect they, child? They supposed to, like, it's supposed to like decrease their pickiness. And like my oh. kid still like lives off pickles and cheese sandwiches. So like, I don't know. So there was like a lot of conversations you're going to have. Are you talking about them to your partner? And if your partner doesn't care, it's something to consider about like, am I making this into more than it is? Or what is really important? You cannot die on every single hill. You need to choose what starts to like matter in life. And I think that this can become a little confusing and complicated 
because you're trying, I don't know, you're, you're really trying for something. You're trying to be this great parent. You're trying so hard. You want people to think that you're good. A lot of times we have our own child, especially like in motherhood, like it opens up like our old childhood wounds. There's just so many things and you're trying so fucking hard and you're so tired. They like sometimes like you don't even realize that you're not like working together cohesively as parents. Yeah. So I think that's like having a lot of conversations and having a lot of tough, uncomfortable conversations of like, I really don't feel like you showed up for me last night. And like, I feel like I'm the only one who thinks about do we have enough diapers? And I'm the only one who like makes sure that like the I feel like the baby's like getting stimulated and doing these other things. Can we work together as a team more? Right. And I wonder, you know, when you're both so tired that like communicating is the hardest thing to do, right? That there's, it's, you're so much more likely to be reactive because you're exhausted. And so sometimes I want, you know, it's almost like, like taking the easier road of just like, I'll just do this myself. We have these really good, a couple friend of ours, uh, Mike and Laura, they remember they read at our wedding. They read a beautiful yes. poem at our wedding. Yes. They had it said before us. One of the things they said to us is that there is a difference between 4 p.m. Mike and Lauren and there's a difference between 3 a.m. Mike and Lauren. And so, it, of course, 4 p.m. gets along because they're at the end of the day. Things are happy. What matters is how do 3 a.m. Mike and Lauren talk towards each other? Right. When you're up in the middle of the night, when nobody's sleeping, that is something that in the morning starts to breed this resentment. Right. I mean, listen, I don't know shit about parenting. So I'm not going to pretend like I do. But as your child gets older, right at the beginning, you're exhausted. There's a lot of sleep deprivation. So you learn to not, you're just like, okay, we're on survival, survival. mode, just survival, survival mode. And then making the transition to switching to, okay, we're going to communicate about this now because we're just going from survival mode to like, let's make sure that this is yeah. like cohesive parenting. Do you find that that switch can be challenging to make that you're just like we're just going to keep going into we, we're just going to keep going into survival mode and we're not going to talk about this yes. and I'm just going to keep taking on the mental load yes so making that absolutely. transition because it also feels easier and somebody wrote that in right somebody had a really great question about like all right oh so somebody said like what if you feel like you're the only one who knows how to do it grocery shopping or meal prep and like in this one we'll say like changing the diapers or something and when partner offers to help you say no because you can do it better right and so I think that's one of the things that comes up is that like of course, I knew how to soothe Millie better because I was breastfeeding her and we had done that. And at the beginning, it really was me taking over because like they're breastfeeding like all the fucking time. Millie used to cluster feed all the time. And so it then was like, I could do it so much quicker than my husband that I just was the one who soothed her every time. Right. And I didn't actually like, give him a chance. Yeah, you like, and and right, you like don't, allow yourself the ability to make that transition well, because I also couldn't the cries like hurt your brain when you're that tired yeah. so you hear her crying you just want her to stop crying so like I can just breastfeed her don't worry about it but like that also doesn't like build up your tolerance to the distress and like when you're in survival mode exactly like it's very hard to differentiate so let's ask her so what if you feel like you're the only one who knows how to do it and when your partner offers to help you say no because you can do it better so I think that that's it, it's a really good question to ask yourself, because I think that if you want to be the one to take that over and say, I want it to be done my way, you have to be OK with the fact that that is going to be your job and that accepting that and saying, I am going to take this over. I like it better. It feels good for me. And it's it's not fair for me to hold my partner accountable for not doing it right to hold that resentment against them. I think there's some stuff that like you are better at, like, I mean, right? Like there's gotta be some stuff you're better at than your partner, right? Like, cause you've been doing it just longer. Yeah. I don't know. 
he has more of like a I need things to be a certain way. Okay, so that's like, I don't feel that as yeah, much. Yeah, so I feel like there is certain stuff that I'm like, this is my stuff to do and I prefer it this way and I like it this way and that's fine. But I then can't hold it above my partner's head and be resentful. That's not fair to the relationship. Right. That's what I think is really hard is to be able to say. But I would say I'm not the partner who who holds on to that no i'm just yeah. like as long as it gets done yeah i i get more into like resentful but like that's something i've had to really reduce which is like if there's certain stuff that's just to be me i want to buy millie's clothes that, i mean that makes sense i like buying the clothes i like the little outfits i think it's adorable i want to go to right like that sounds you know, fun yes right like so like for me i can get mad at him for the, like i'm always the one who thinks about buying her clothes for the next season or i should grow them or i can just do it and shut up because right. i get control of it so there's some ways that this will benefit you and you have to pick and choose what really matters do i actually care that my husband folds the laundry a little different than me no i actually don't give a shit but if i nitpick it every time that's not going to help the situation so you're going to need to choose what actually matters and this is when it's some zoom out is very helpful i have it opposite so like for us it's like cleaning the counters he wants the counters to be clean with soap and water and a sponge every time. Not like just like some a Clorox, spray. Right? Yeah, I, I would spray it and then same. I would do it. that too. He needs soap, soap and, water. and water. Yep. And so we have had this conversation of like, if you want it, is that to a be cultural di- thing? Wait, I have no, never heard of that. No idea. No clue. So I, you know, I have to just say if you don't. Like, if you don't like the way I do it, and if it's more important for you to do it in this specific way, it might be something that you have to take on yourself. Right. And, the, and then let the other stuff go. Absolutely. Exactly. Skeptical about custom beauty? I get it. My feet is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising to fix my fine lines and thinning hair. But when pros says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. Your formula couldn't exist without you. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. They get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to your age, exercise, and stress levels in order to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. They asked me about my hair loss being genetic in my family, how long it takes for my hair to get oily after a wash, what products and tools I use to style my hair, and even my zip code to understand how the water hardness, UV index, and cold dry winter in Philly might be impacting me. Next, they recommended a full routine of truly personalized products, which were only produced after I placed my order. Nothing pre-mixed, nothing off the shelf. Since I switched to pros, I've noticed my hair is so much softer, shinier, and fuller. I keep getting asked if I got a blowout from the salon. But don't just take my word for it. In a third-party double-bind dermatologist-supervised clinical controlled study aka the gold standard in research studies pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make 50 percent off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrink chicks that's p-r-o-s-e.com slash shrink chicks for your free consultation and 50 percent off your one-of-a-kind formulas pros.com slash shrink chicks 
Say goodbye to the cheap razor era, my friends. It's time to treat your body to the premium shave it deserves with Athena Club. Em and I just got back from an amazing trip to the Caribbean to celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our practice, the therapy group. And in haste of packing, because yours truly is a packing procrastinator, I forgot my Athena Club razor at home and had to resort to using a subpar flimsy razor that left my skin feeling anything but smooth, a mistake I will never make again. The Athena Club hype is real. The shave is seriously the smoothest I've ever experienced, and that is especially evident after having to use another razor in its absence. Aside from the amazing smoothness, let me tell you why Athena Club's razor kit is a must-have in your self-care routine. First off, can we talk about the price? At just $10, it's an absolute steal. But don't let the price fool you. This razor packs a serious punch. It comes with a beautifully made ergonomic handle and two super sharp razor heads that deliver an incredibly smooth shave every time. Plus, with the included magnetic hook, storage is a breeze. No more dealing with goopy blades or unexpected midnight shower crashing sound surprises. And the quality of the shave is top notch. Those five precision engineered blades glide effortlessly, leaving you a silky smooth skin every time. Plus, the water-activated serum and built-in skin guards ensure a comfortable, irritation-free shave. Are you ready to upgrade your shaving experience? Switch to the best razor on the market and show your skin you care with Athena Club. Head over to athenaclub.com to try their award winning razor and body products and get 20% off your first purchase with code shrinkchicks at checkout. You can also find Athena Club razors at your local Target store. Trust me, you won't look back. Happy shaving. Okay, let's do some more questions. Okay. Let's do more questions. Uh, when, oh, I really love this one. When you're both burnt out yeah. and need extra support, how do you support each other? I love this one too yeah, because, because I, I think, think this happens. It happens all the time. Yeah. So one of the things I want you to think about is it, it might it might be comfortable in your relationship where if one person is burnout that the other one kind of takes stuff on or if the other person's burnout then you take stuff on. And I think really being relationally aware of when you are both burnout and what you both need in those moments that doesn't require the other person to do something. And this might be a conversation you have to have with each other when you are not burnout. Mm. What can you where you can sit down and say, listen, there are times in which we are both burnout and we, we are not able to give to the other one. And so what do each of us need in those moments that doesn't require something from the other one? Is it space for yourselves? Is it you have to go on a walk? I think really communicating about what the things are that each of you need that doesn't require something from the other person is really important. Yeah. And communicating about that outside of your burnout. Because what happens is we don't even realize this. And when we're burnout, we expect something from the other person. We try to have the conversation then. And then we start yelling at each other, right? It turns into it, it brings the stress from external things into the relationship. And yeah. that's what you want to really, you want to protect the relationship, right? You want to make sure that you're boundarying the relationship off from the external stresses. And so in order to do that, you have to have this conversation outside of the burnout, right? Mm. You have to preemptively prepare for this. Mm -mm. Okay, that's a good one. Okay, how to accept you can't control what gets done or how well it gets done? <laughs> I love control. <laughs> See, this like this is very hard. <laughs> See, I don't, I don't feel this as much. So I do. I know. So tell us. Well, I feel that way about Canva. <laughs> oh my 
gosh. Can we talk about, I won't even say, or p- fucking payroll, Jen. Yeah. Okay. There Very are certain, specific There things. are certain things with this business that I do not touch with a 10-foot pole because there is no point. I there was do, one I, time we had a, we had a competition <laughs> on Canva. <laughs> we were both going to make something. What was I, it? I don't know, but I stopped one minute in. I was like, I don't even know why I'm bothering. Jen's going to rip this apart. She's going to do it the way she wants to do it anyway. So, like, I don't care. Do you, do you care that I do that? No, not at all. Because you want the control. Oh, I, I love yes. doing it. How about payroll? Totally fine with that. I mean, there Except was a point where I had a breakdown, but <laughs> made it through. You made it through, Persevered. Right? <laughs> right? But, like, there is certain stuff, right? And then, and then we had to have a conversation. We're like, oh, well, what if Jen dies or something right? happens to Jen? She can't run payroll. How's everyone get paid? We better teach Emily. And I got to teach you about Canva, too, now that we're talking about it. I can do Canva. It's just not ever going to be the exact detail that if you want to be. Said, right. If, so, we have, if someone Out of said, respect to you, if you die, I will hire a graphic designer. Thank you. Because I know that from the grave, you would not be happy with no, what I No, I did. would literally haunt you like a ghost <laughs> and be like, move it over. The, the font's Change not right. the font. Like, truly. And the like, color is off. So like, yeah. Okay. So, so Jen, you're like, like, oh, Emily, haunter. Yeah. Wait, so you're like, oh, Emily, answer this question. Let's ask you. How right. to accept you can't I had to reflect. I need just well a little time to reflect. Would you, if if I made something on Canva so, and I put it up on our social media. So I have would to, you, I, you know, I've texted in the group and said, listen, I have said there are so many things I could nitpick, right? I said this like the other day. I said, but I'm not going to because it does not make sense for me to just like nitpick these tiny little things. Does it things. kill you not to? No, because I can check myself and say like, does this really matter? That's kind of Wait, what I have to say. Party planning for me though, that's yeah. like what comes up that I'm like, this could be better. That's yeah. what you do with the graphics. Like, you're yes. like, this could oh, be better. Cu- of course. But. Is right. there a TikTok sound like that? We should make mm, one. They could be better. We're thinking. <laughs> I think there is. It could be a little better. Yeah. But so how do you check? Like, when we're having this conversation about the party planning, like, do you have to check yourself? Yes, the entire time. Okay. Because so- I will go overboard. Same thing. You can get lost in Canva. I've watched I you do it. I literally That's could me spend. With parties. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. I feel like I understand you on a whole new level. So like when I'm like, <laughs> oh, I want to do this twice a year retreat, which is something I want to do. We should probably not do that because I will do everything to make it a certain way and perfect. And then we'll get there and you'll feel so stressed out. I get it. I get it. Em. Yeah. Do you get it? Now? I get it because the Canva. Wow. Yeah. Wait, listen, this is a moment. <laughs> We're having a moment. I think it's really important. But OK, so the way that we have to right? So I have to talk myself down. At same. All times. That's exactly what like I have you to had do. to say to yourself. This doesn't matter. There's stuff I could say. Right. That's me that I have to literally like say out loud to myself like this doesn't matter. I know it feels right. big and important to you. I know it feels like it matters a lot. But like literally in a week from now, does this going to matter at all? Absolutely not. Right. No one's going to be like, well, absolutely. It definitely was cuter that you cut out the pepper and you put the dip inside the te- pepper as opposed to just putting it in a separate bowl. Or you could have no, used... No, I was going to say that. You could have used papyrus bond. <laughs> papyrus? Did you ever see that SNL skip papyrus? It is so funny. We'll watch it I'll send it to you. But... Yeah, like no, no one is going to care or know. And so I think to be able to have that internal dialogue with mm-hmm. yourself to say, like, is this actually really important if it's in your romantic relationship? How will me holding on to this affect the relationship as opposed to letting it go internally? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Have that conversation with yourself. Okay. I really like this question. Okay. My husband doesn't believe that mental load is a real thing. How to explain that it's not my anxiety? Okay, hard truth really fast. If your partner is denying a part of your reality, that's a conversation. 
that is a conversation that's probably going to take some uh, <laughs> emotional regulation. Yep. Some distress tolerance. Yep. Some compassion because relationships are about relating. And if your partner <laughs> will not relate to you and what you're saying is your very real truth, that is not okay. You deserve to be hurt in your relationship. But because we don't experience, that's like me saying like, because I don't experience um, food insecurity that nobody does in this world. Just because I don't experience something doesn't mean other fucking people don't. Right. I think that's sometimes really hard for people to get. Yeah. That like, because I don't experience it, but same thing. I couldn't give a shit less what the canva looks like. I'm like, I ah, throw it up there. Right. Like, I don't give a shit about a party. I bring yeah. chips and salsa to every yes, party. You do. And, you, and Tostitos, like not don't even care. like something good. I'm like, but- everyone likes Tostitos. <laughs> Who doesn't like chips and salsa? Or I bring, or I'm the one who signs up for like the, the paper plates, paper, yeah, paper plates, products, yeah, yeah. right? Uh-huh. So right, but that 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 means that I would say to Jen, like, oh Jesus, like you're you're just being anxious about the Canva thing. No, it's important to her. So like, you need to be seen by your partner. So how can you explain something that side? You're gonna have to say like, I hear you, but like that's really minimizing to me when you make it about this. And you might have to use the explanation in terms of you can use the workplace one. Right. If you ask so and so on your team, use the, use the fishing example. <laughs> okay. I used the fishing example. I forgot about that because <laughs> we recorded this episode three times. That okay. So funny. So <laughs> I will preface this by saying I know nothing about fishing <laughs> or heterosexual men. <laughs> so here's my example if you said to him like if you're going on a fishing trip with your buddies and everybody right who brings all this stuff and he'd probably be like oh everyone brings their own stuff or so you'd be like okay well what if every time john mark and matthew showed the fuck up to your boat they expected you to have everything ready they expected the bait they expected the tackle they expected you to charge the boat they expected you to have the little Laughing. Do you charge a boat? <laughs> I know. Okay. All right, that's what good, did though. you get resentful of your fucking guys? Right. right? Like charging so like, the boat takes a long time <laughs> because you can't find the plug. You can't find exist. where to plug it into the boat. Because it doesn't exist. Right. So I feel like that would be a lot to process, no? Unless you have a Tesla boat. <laughs> Does Tesla make boats? I don't know. They Probably should. If Elon, they hear the Elon, if okay. you start making boats, we better get some royalties. Okay. So, <laughs> so right. So you have to like, sometimes you have to like use these analogies. Like we have to do this in therapy sometimes. Like sometimes I have to like explain stuff in a different way. I have had to use golf metaphors <laughs> in... I wouldn't know anything about golf same and I say that before I say listen I know nothing about golf nothing so maybe golf. you can help me out while I'm trying to use this metaphor yeah. or I've, I've had to do like um car mechanics before mm-hmm. car nothing. mechanics yeah nothing so, so anyway see if you can oh I have a good idea see if you can me. read up a little bit on what your partner is into <laughs> if you have no idea the ins and outs of it yeah and turn it into a metaphor that they might be able to understand all right that's great oh, we have to get to we have to get to dear em and jen oh yeah dear em and jen i'm constantly reminding my boyfriend to do things and he always says he will do them tomorrow and then he never does like refilling the soap dispenser vacuuming paying a bill getting a haircut i know i've been doing exactly what his mom always does too but i literally don't know how to stop he always says i just want one day of you not criticizing me but it's literally just because he never follows through on anything and I don't know how to get him to. How do I stop getting so annoyed when he is under-functioning and I'm over-functioning and how do I get us to function equally? 
So I first want to help you hone in on that sense of I don't know how to stop. When you are going into this, I need to remind him, we need to, you know, I want you to pause. What will happen if you don't? Right. What will happen if you don't? And pause and ask yourself, what am I feeling right now that's pushing me to have to remind him about this? Right. Because there's some, when you say, I don't know how to stop, there's some sort of emotion that's driving you to that. It might be anxiety of like, I want you to ask, what will happen if this doesn't get done? Mm-hmm. Right. Is there fear around if he doesn't change? Will it always be like this when we have children? Will I always have, right? So I wonder if there's this sense of, I need to test whether my partner is I need to get him to grow up. Exactly. And so the tough thing about that is that we don't have control over our partner. And if you have to ask yourself, if it never changed from this moment, does this relationship still work? If he never, ever changes. We cannot be with someone for their potential. Everyone has great potential. Absolutely. I believe every person has phenomenal potential. That isn't the number one reason to choose somebody. And I think another thing to say is, is it, it might be important to have a different kind of conversation with your partner, because right now it sounds like the conversation is, I'm going to remind them of this. I'm going to remind yeah. them of this, as opposed to taking the time to sit down and say, hey, listen, here's the reasons why these things are really important to me. Right. I know that there are certain things that you don't think about. Here are the things that are really important to me. And I know that there are going to be times in which you are not going to be doing the things that I think are really important. Mm -hmm. And so can we talk through that a little bit? Because clearly what we're doing is not working. And what what happens is we tend to stay in a in a pattern of relating that is not working for us, thinking that if we keep doing the same thing, that eventually our partner is going to change. When really it sounds like your partner's interpreting the way in which you're communicating this as criticism. And as a result, they're actually not doing anything, mm-hmm. right? They're turning inward. Maybe they're being hard on themselves. And what happens happens to the underfunctioner is that they don't feel confident in doing these things anymore. So how do you pull yourself out of this cycle? And I think pulling yourself out of the cycle is really important because the expectation is if I say this enough, I'll be able to pull us out of the cycle by getting my partner to change. Yeah. When the fact of the matter is pulling yourself out of the cycle means you doing something different. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a really hard truth to swallow. Yikes. Yeah, it is. Right? Like Because it also feels out of control, right? What you're doing now feels like control. I have some choice. As opposed to if I just let this go, what the fuck am I doing? Right? And what's going to happen? Yeah. So I think that- And you could test it. What if I do, what if for one day? Yeah. What would happen? Right. Half a day, one hour. Right. If I pick one thing, the haircut, he gets longer hair. What happens? He looks a little scrubby. (laughs) (laughs) And like sit right. Sit with your anxiety. I think that's a good question of like, what's the worst that's going to happen if the soap dispenser isn't refilled? Right. If there's no. Right. I'll do it. Yeah. He won't wash his hands. (laughs) Oh, you have a secret soap dispenser that just. (laughs) You won't wash his hands, but I will. I will hide it. I will hide it. I like that if you're watching this on YouTube. I don't know if it's going to be on. You're going under the sink and secretly giving yourself this soap. Right? I like that. So, like, what am I? So, like, pick a few things. And then I think you have to say to your partner, I am going to no longer do these things. They're not working for us. And I'm going to retire this. And then you have to. I'm going to retire like Betty. (laughs) Betty. So, I'm going to hold on for dear life. 
you grit your teeth, you white, your knuckles are white, (laughs) and you hold on and change the dynamic and let it be long lasting. And see if you, in those moments of anxiety, because you will feel anxious if you if you are not feeling anxiety and reacting to it by saying you need to do this, this, and this. See if you can find another way to self-soothe or regulate your emotions. And do you need to go for a walk? Do you need to take care of yourself in some way? Right? Because you will feel anxiety when you make this change. So I want you to ask yourself, what am I going to replace this coping mechanism with? This coping mechanism that hasn't been working, right? What can I do that I actually have control over? Mm -hmm. Can I call a friend? Can I go for a walk? Can I call my therapist? What are the things that you can actually do to take care of yourself through that anxiety? And that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for Thank listening you. to Shrink Tricks. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We always ask you to send it to a friend if they might enjoy it too. We ask you to rate, review, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, any place that you get your podcast. You can watch our mini episodes, um, our mini-sodes on mini-sodes. YouTube. You can follow us at Shrink Chicks, the therapy group, if you'd like to work with one of our amazing clinicians. And you are located in California, Florida, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware, or Massachusetts. We would love to hook you up with a phenomenal clinician to really start growing yourself because don't forget to grow yourself. You got to know yourself. We'll see you next week. Hey!